Olivier Barraud. I've been doing a TV book show for uh, 19 years now. It's called Un Livre Un Jour, which means a book a day, okay. and it's still going on. It's on the air here through the French-speaking network TV5. It's online. So uh, I did something like 4,500 of those shows. First of all, I was just by myself facing the cameras. It's a very short show. It, it used to last two minutes when we started. Now uh, it comes up to three, so it makes it a very popular sort of mini-show. Yes, you still have the passion for it. Oh, by all means. That's my main assignment. Good. Well, welcome to the Bibliophile. Nice name indeed. You familiarized yourself with Gallimard, the great French uh, publishing house. Yes, I've always been an admirer. My parents used to take me down to their, in their bookshop. They were particularly keen on Gallimard for several reasons, mainly uh, literary ones. They also they were keen on the way books are being laid out and printed. And there is some sort of a special taste, you know. It's, yeah. it's very special on w French. What is that taste? You know, it was founded by Protestants, which means actually something. Hard work, a little bit severe. I wouldn't say austere, but it's not flashy in yeah. whichever way. It's very artistic and thought over. And they always had the idea of duration, supposed to last long. So they've always been very well manufactured in terms of craftsmanship, in terms of printing, binding. I started enjoying that when I was very young, and I was, uh, I've always kept a sort of special feeling for this. And I'm also very keen on the type of literature that's been published, which is some sort of a classical, special inclination to its, I would say, style, and yeah. an open-mindedness for literature coming in from all parts of the world. You know, they've been the, the ones that have William Faulkner translated into French for the yeah. first time. So they've introduced the French public to important works from outside? Yes, from all over the world, and uh, still going on in this direction, you know. They're not the most powerful, it's not the biggest publishing house in terms of sales or whatever, but first of all, they've remained independent, they're on their own. So they're privately held? By all means. Yeah. They're not on the marketplace, you can't buy them. It's like Faber? Like Faber in the UK, exactly can be compared. Um, but the, the fact that it's within the family, mm -hmm. private hands. And the guy who is in charge, whose name is Gallimard, third one, the founder's grandson, he holds 99% uh, of the shares. It's very profitable, by the way. Which, which means that they're not answerable to shareholders, which nope, means that they not. can take those risks. They were the first company to publish Proust. Not the first, second one. Because, uh, strangely enough, when uh, Proust admitted his manuscript to Gallimard, and in particular to André Gide, who happened to be a close friend of his. Strangely enough, Gide didn't like it so much, he turned it out. Can you imagine that? At this time, you know, some authors would pay for being published, and Proust, who was very wealthy, just like André Gide, by the way, they were very no. wealthy people, bourgeois families, uh, quite well off. So um, Gide said, maybe not. That was at the moment when they publishing house actually opened. So Marcel Proust went to Grasset, who's always been the main competitor. They started at the very same time, by the early years in the 20th century. So the first volume of A La Recherche was published by Grasset, but all of a sudden, at Gallimard, they realized how big was the blunder. 
Did they fire Gide over that no, or not? No, they didn't. Now, <laughs> Gaston Gallimard went to Proust and said, listen, we made a mistake. And a second volume was published under Gallimard. And they rebought the rights from the, from the first volume of the series. And then whole Proust was published by Gallimard. So the other company gave it up willingly? Yes. Uh, it was easy because since Marcel Proust paid Oh, okay, okay. And he withdraw the whole thing. I see. And okay. So he's, he went to Bernard Grasset, who was obviously crazy about that, but he couldn't do anything. So the reprinting took place under Gallimard rather than Grasset. And uh, Proust didn't have to pay for it? No, not the second time. Now, I'm going to put on my collector's hat and ask you how available, how easily obtainable are these early editions of Proust? I'm, I'm not really quite aware of that because I'm not a bibliophile. I love books, but I don't collect them in terms of first editions and special sorts of papers and, and number series and all that. Gallimard in Paris, they have a main store on the left bank, and you can get to them. They so have first editions? Yes, they have. Prices are unbelievable. I mean, they're high, but after all. They should be. Uh, yeah, I think they still have quite a few of those. I think so. But I'm, yeah. I'm not the expert for that. You mean they may have held on to uh, okay, the original printing? Yeah, and probably, okay. probably. That's the direction I do want to take with our conversation, though, and that is the kinds of books that they may have produced that they put extra care and attention into that might be uh, interesting for people to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to look at to buying uh, mm -hmm. throughout the ages. I mentioned uh, earlier the great uh, bookbinder Paul Le Bonnet. Bonnet. Perhaps you could talk a bit about him. There, there's been a few of those binders, Bonnet and also famous artists. The other one is Mario Prasinos, okay. who is an artist. Yeah. He designed a lot of you know, set theatre as well. Yeah. Very well known for theatre, stage of all kinds. Yeah, so these would be two obvious collectible types of books, mm. the books that these two you artists... You can find them. You, you found some in yes. Paris. Uh, not such no, enormous sort of price. I don't know how much you paid. No, for. I didn't pay very much at no, all. You can afford them. Fifty bucks, fifty dollars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty yeah. okay. Yeah. What else was produced by uh, Gallimard mm. that might so be of things. of interest? Art books in a series directed, uh, which was headed by André Malraux, L'Univers des Formes. When were those published? Starting 1960. Still going on, but it has been much slower now. La Pléiade. La Bibliothèque de la Pléiade, which is the most prestigious series of volumes we have in France, which is collecting, you know, uh, works by famous authors from from the humanities, from the Bible down to uh, uh, Marguerite Yourcenar or uh, William Faulkner, or 20th century writers, and they publish something like 600 volumes. Is this part of a again a, a special yeah, imprint special binding? Spe no, no, no. It's a, it's it's branded Gallimard. Okay. And it's the binding is make it made of uh, leather, gilded. It's beautiful. And, and it quite, it's not that that expensive, you know. It's worth fifty to sixty euros okay. per volume. And what did you say that this was called? It was La Pléiade, the most prestigious series we have in France. What do they look like? Small books. And uh, well, the design, the printing, the binding itself—it's beautiful. The color of uh, the leather binding would change according to which century the author belongs to, which means that uh, humanities, classical texts from from Greece or uh, Rome, some sort of a special green, and it would go up to dark brown for a uh, 16th century, 
red for 17th, blue for 18th, green for 19th, and brown, light brown for uh, 20th. It's yeah. beautiful. Must make a lovely collection on the bookshelf. Well, you know, I would say, you know, it's, it's not showing off in whichever yeah, way. Not flashy. Not flashy in whichever respect. Charming. Did they do any books in English? Never. Or any other language? No. Only Never, French. Ever. Okay, so that's one excellent series that a collector probably would get a lot of pleasure from. Yes, I'm sure. Beautiful. But, you know, they insisted on the quality of their paperbacks as well. They've got several series. Which is your favorite? Uh, a series devoted to poetry, which is called Poésie Gallimard. Okay. Paperbacks. Those started when? Mid-60s. Still going on. Something like 600 volumes. Same idea as the, uh, as the others. Beautiful. Series. Beautifully made. White paper. A very nice covering. Special way of printing. Names. Titles. Uniform, then they, they don't it change. No, they change because the typing is different from oh. one book to another. It's it's art, and yeah. art opened and devoted to uh, whichever poet from whichever country, translated into French. Some of them are bilingual, quite a few. Anthology, for instance. Right. You can get them for uh, nothing, you know, five, six euros. And that's exactly what you know a young collector would would enjoy. It's not going to break the bank. And you, you'll find not only French poets, most of them are being published under this you know, uh, brand, Poésie Gallimard. You'll find English-speaking, but in French, translated. In, in French, bilingual editions? Some of them are. Yeah. Not not majority, but you've, you'll find Italian, Spanish, uh, South American, American, okay. North American, English, Keats, Milton, Whitman, Emerson. And so many of them translated into French with an introduction, chronology, information, and bibliography. It's very well done. It's a paperback. Well, it's a bit more focused in terms of numbers. These, these two series you've spoken mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. you've mentioned about 600 titles. What about something that's, again, you might be able to quite easily get a full set, you know, if there's 10 or 20 of them? Well, not so many that would restrain themselves to such a small figure. Mind you, some of the novels that are being printed are the very famous Couverture Blanche, you know, the most famous series at Gallimard. It's called Collection Blanche or La Blanche. It's a very simple design, beige sort of cover, very light design, red and black on the cover. The name of the author is printed in black. The name of the book red and at the bottom you have the NRF NRF letters which is the equivalent of Gallimard because maybe you know the Gallimard originally the name of a magazine of a review that started in 1908 in 1911 Gaston Gallimard bought the review started a series of new books not only in a magazines under the name of Gallimard and they kept the, the uh, former name NRF, Nouvelle Revue Française, which means New French Review, still being published. Again, another area might be collecting some of those early uh, national French uh, yeah. reviews. Not that easy to find out, but you, you, may, you may go around and uh, well, the first issues are really uh, impossible to yeah. pick up today. But I don't know, maybe you may uh, go on eBay and probably <laughs> they can find a trace of them. We've t spoken about a couple of the authors that are, I mean, obviously Proust and Gide himself. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Any other authors that stand out? 
most of the prominent French writers, Camus, Camus, Jean-Paul Sartre, Le Clésio, uh, Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, yeah. recently. Uh, yeah, 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 two years ago. Most of the best French writers today are being published by Gallimard, including Michel Tournier, Patrick Modiano, Marguerite Yourcenar. They are kind of classics now. Holbeck? Welbeck. No, he's not a Gallimard writer. No, he's being published by Flammarion, uh, which belongs to an Italian company. Is what, a little bit too controversial for Gallimard? Or? No, I think they would have loved to publish him. But initially it was published by Flammarion. They moved to Fayard and uh, just went back to Flammarion. He was awarded the Prix Goncourt last week. It's a very good book, by the way, his Is last it? book. Very good book. Uh, not controversial in whichever respect. It's a very good story. Yes. Very well narrated very classical and you know it's the way it goes on it's a story of a, some sort of a, an artist both a photographer and a painter but he's, he's not a Gallimard a member of the Gallimard team again there's a parallel with Faber particularly with the poets Faber is renowned for having a many of yes, the yeah. best mm-hmm. ongoing many mm-hmm. of the best poets we talked about some series yes we've talked about some of the art books the poetry of course children books so many they yeah. started some sort of a new branch in 1980 launched by um, some sort of a genius uh, i think it's the proper proper word pierre marchand who joined gallimard at this time and he started a new new branch of its own you know and he picked up writers designers illustrators photographers painters he started a new series of books that were really 100% different including documentary books uh, different how? Different in terms of laying out, you know, we're filling the books up with images of all kinds. Yes. It was crazy about images. Would it be, you know, drawings? Would it be photographies? Would it be paintings? And he started a series called Découverte, Discoveries, that was co-published by so many publishers the world over, text b- being translated into foreign languages. And it was a tremendous success. And though not only this series called Discoveries once more, yes. but uh, children books, beautiful. He worked a lot with the British publisher, Dorling Kindersley, his manufacturer and designer. That was really something totally new, because Gallimard had been publishing children's books all along those years, but not so many. They were not specialists in in any way. And then, due to this guy, who died, unfortunately, too early, all of a sudden they became number one, or number two in France, on the children's books scene. And they distribute their own books, you know, they are by them themselves. Because in 1972, the guy in charge, who was the founder's son, Claude Gallimard, decided to break up the kind of agreement he's, he had always had with Hachette, which is number one in France, yeah. who distributing books. He started his own distribution company, okay. a sister company. It was uh, quite wise, you know. So they've been on their own. They're on their own uh, in almost all direction, except printing. Yeah. They're not printers. They don't own you know, printing factories. Uh, they control the whole scene from the beginning to the, to the marketing and sales. And they're very, very good. They're excellent in terms of scouting as well. New titles. Purchasing the, the, the prominent authors' books. And another thing which is really striking to me is the fact that Antoine Gallimard, who is in charge now, he's 63 years old, and he's been planning his own succession already thinking of the future but to, to have stayed in business within the family that long obviously that's a tradition isn't it it's a tradition but he's been appointing you know younger editors uh, younger people in charge in all segments and they're doing really wonderfully well 
when you get to Gallimard and the building itself and the offices, and it's very special. They own the building on the left bank, which has actually no price. I mean, it's crazy, but they are the, it's, uh, it's a billion euros. I mean, I don't know how much it's, it's worth. And they've got a private own garden there. It's a cultural institution. It is. An important it's far more than a publisher. As soon as you get into the building, you feel something. History, love for literature, respect for literature. Yeah. I guess it's exactly the same at Faber. Yeah. It should be the same, or in some German yeah. publishing houses in Italy as well. But I don't know when Faber and Faber was founded. 1929. Oh, 29. Yeah. Mm, not that bad. Just final question. Again, putting yourself, if if you were to be a collector or have an interest, and you were just starting out, mm -hmm. what would you go after? I would get to La Bibliothèque de la Pléiade, and in particular, within the series, there is some sort of a extra series, which is published once a year. It's some sort of an album, beautiful book. Sort of a, an anthology of the years past? No, no, it's one single volume devoted to one single author, one a year. Okay. It's called L'Album de la Pléiade. It's been published in May. And it's being given, never sold, given to whichever buyer of three volumes in the series. Okay. You get some sort of a special gift. This opportunity lasts three or four weeks at most. It's on sale, quote unquote, by early May, and it's ending by the end of this month. This month meaning? May. Okay, yes. sorry. Three, four weeks. There is only one way to get those albums devoted to all sorts of writers. This started some 40 years ago to uh, Jacques Prévert, to Diderot, to uh, Arabian Nights, to so many of those books and writers published within the series. You can have a copy of the album provided you buy three books of the series. But okay. once it's over, it's over. You know, they print a certain amount of those books, but they never reprint them. So it becomes some sort of a, they, they get a special value. Scarcity. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, you can try, you, you can buy them, you can find them on some you know, bookshops, never to Gallimard, they would never sell any copy, but you have to be in a hurry because it's three weeks and after that it's, it's closed and will be closed forever. Some of those volumes come to a very, very high price. They had the brilliant idea when they started this series. The number one volume was devoted to the authors published within the series, Bibliothèque de la Pléiade, some sort of, you know, short biographies of those, I don't know how many there were, this time 300, maybe 300. And That's the very first one. The very first one. Very difficult to, to find a copy of that, and if you are lucky enough to find one in a, in a proper shape, uh, it will cost a lot. And I think you can try and start co collecting those items, this series, within the series, because some of them are really affordable, 200 euros, 100 euros. And you can start this year. I mean, next year. <laughs> That's right. And yes. In eleven, I don't know uh, to whom will will the album de la Pierre be devoted in next spring, but maybe well they know, but I don't. But it's certainly a prominent writer, and you know the design of those books. The paper is much thicker because it has you know to include documents of all kinds, photographies, and there is a. It's some sort of an introduction to the author by, generally speaking, a very famous writer writing upon another mm -hmm. writer and introducing him or her to a broader audience. You know. It's very nice.
the smell of those books is special. It smells like leather. For those who love books, I think it's a well, good investment. That's exactly what I was after. I th- and I thank you uh, so much for sharing your, your passion and your uh, knowledge of uh, Gallimard with us today. Okay, thank you very much. I've been speaking with Olivier Barrault, who is the host of one of France's most uh, popular uh, television mm-hmm. programs called uh, A Book a Day, yeah. Un Livre un, un Jour. Un jour. Thank you so much again for your time. Thank you, my pleasure.